Any workout, any mood, any time. That's what the Peloton Tread is all about. From interval runs that motivate you to go the extra mile, power walks that work up a sweat, rolling hill hikes for you to enjoy, and full body boot camps to hit your goals. Plus thousands of workouts that go beyond the tread. Strength programs, core classes, yoga, Pilates, and even boxing. Everything you need on and off the Peloton Tread. Experience it all for yourself with a 30-day home trial. Learn more at OnePeloton.com. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, radio has been called theater of the mind. So let's tell a story with sound effects. <laughs> Wow, it's like I was in the story. Almost makes me forget this was supposed to be about saving big with Progressive. <laughs> Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. this one big time <laughs> especially since we were talking about offline about the uh shaolin temple that's what we were oh, talking yeah. about yep i have for well one thank you for being on and two that's a crazy story that you said oh we're gonna talk about it so i got it we're just gonna jump right into it how the hell did you study kung fu at a shaolin temple or whatever oh <laughs> uh, you know the way everyone normally does yeah. um <laughs> So, um, gosh, let's see the most efficient yet still interesting way to tell this story. Um, I, you know, I have a, a long story of twists and turns in my life and starting from, you know, working in healthcare and my background was in clinical research and immunology and, you know, working really hard, turning into that workaholic to secure a future. I actually grew up extremely poor and in homeless shelters as a child. And so by the time that I hit career age, I took it very seriously, um, kind of a matter of life and death. Like I have to create this future. I have to create this um, life and everything else can wait. Enjoyment of life can wait. I have to focus on work. I have to get it done because one day, someday in the future, it's all going to be good and I'm going to arrive and that's when I'll relax and that's when I'll enjoy life because everything will be okay. Right. And so, uh, so I worked, I worked, I worked and, um, and I, I did really didn't do anything else. I come, I came home and my, my husband and I would have this crazy list. And when I say crazy list, I know some people think, Oh, I have a big to-do list. Yeah. My to-do list was so crazy that I had bathroom breaks scheduled in because it had to be on time. And I'm telling you guys, my bathroom breaks were like three minutes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like it was so ridiculous. And so my poor husband, I mean, he put up with it. And so it was all about maximizing our time, maximizing how much we could get done as quickly as possible for this magical day when I could, you know, yeah. relax. And so, um, on my 25th birthday, my husband was diagnosed with stage four cholangiocarcinoma. And that was definitely not a birthday gift I was expecting. And the prognosis was three to six months. And mm. so four months later, he passed away. Oh my goodness. And that was, yeah, that was a huge, huge wake up call. That was the, 
the realization that there was no someday, someday doesn't exist. And that regret that set in of all those nights that we went and followed my list, as opposed to maybe spending time together, as maybe opposed to going for that walk, spending that time together, because there was this someday that I was, I was reaching for. And that was when I really started to hold on and embrace the, the mantra that someday is today. It's right now. And, and the other thing that um, people will hear me say a lot is, you know, we have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, there is no someday. So yeah. if you don't plan it, if you don't make it real, if you don't put it on a date, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it doesn't mm-hmm. exist. So, um, so with that said, I went through any twists and turns with that kind of experience and had, you know, um, my first trip to Europe, which was very eye-opening for, um, you know, for the, the poor girl from LA, you know, just going, wow, I'm in Europe and having this whole experience. And that pushed me and inspired me to really just say yes to things, to just not say I can't do it and said, go, well, how can I do it? How can I make it happen? It doesn't seem accessible, so how can I make it accessible? And so I took lots of leaps. I started working in music. I started working on, um, yeah, I worked with in like hip hop and and um, indie music, and then I um, ended up working in CPG, which is consumer packaged goods. So I started doing work in uh, with like Whole Foods and getting all those products on the shelves there and natural products, and then from there started working in, in production and just saying yes all the way till I was working with a company. C-suite with a former NBA NBA basketball player. We were doing a um, education, uh, physical education for charter schools and things like that for kids. And so um, with all that, one of my artists that I worked with had a um, tour in China. So I'm coming back to the story here, right? Coming back. She's like, where did she go? So (laughs) and trust me, it's a longer version than this, guys. But um, this is the quickest one I can get to. So he had a tour in China and he kept trying to convince me to go out. You know, he's he's homesick. He's like, come visit, come visit me in China. I've been living in Shanghai. And um, I I traveled a lot by that time. This is many years past, you know, from my initial first European visit, and I had made travel part of my life. But at the time, China was very low on my wish list. And so I just wasn't making a lot of effort. I was like, look, like I'm not into big cities. Shanghai was never my thing. And if I went out to China, it would probably be just to see the Great Wall and the Shaolin Temple. Right. And I, yeah, and I thought the Shaolin Temple was cool for two reasons. So people were like, oh, she must have been a Kung Fu enthusiast. Oh, <laughs> contraire, contraire. Um, so there was two things. One, um, I did love that concept of monks. I love the idea of like temple life and, and all that, you know, just, uh, that simple living, letting it all go, discovering yourself. I thought it was such a beautiful idea. And I had seen a, a performance of the actual Shaolin monks and they were all the way from kids to, um, older people. And they were just showing actual Kung Fu skills. So it wasn't Kung Fu movies. It wasn't Kung Fu magic. It was just what they did. And so you're watching them, you know, in person landing on swords, right? Like there's no magic cameras here. Like they're really doing that. They're really, yeah. I mean, just twisting in air an amount of time that just didn't seem humanly possible. And it was just so fascinating to me, the command of their own body, the command there, just what they could just do. And it was just my, and, and all the way to the young kids. I mean, just mind blowing. So that I thought was fascinating. And then the second one, 
you know, full transparency, guys, I, I liked Wu-Tang. And so Shaolin yeah. was something that like, you know, I worked in hip hop. I'd been on stage with Wu-Tang. Like I was like, yeah, Shaolin, of course. So, yeah. um, so, so I wanted to see Shaolin Temple. So um, as months went by and my, my um, client and now friend, you know, is convincing me to try to go out there for different reasons, luring me out there, like maybe this. And I was like, no, no, no. So one day says, Tanya, I found a thing that foreigners and not just foreigners, but women, because that is actually a stipulation, yeah. guys, yeah. Um, can train Kung Fu at the Shaolin Temple. I was like, shut up. <laughs> so I was like, that's so cool. But honestly, at that point, it was just um, intriguing. It was like, well, isn't that a neat fact? Like, good yeah. for that to exist. <laughs> and so, good for you. Yeah, good, good for someone who's going to do awesome. something wild like that. Right. I mean, it's neat, but who's going to do that? Who's going to just, you know, leave to China and, and do Kung Fu? That would be weird. So, uh, you know, working with my company and chatting with the, the CEO, who was also my mentor at the time, um, I kind of mentioned that, you know, on one of our late nights over some scotch, like, hey, you know, the artist I work with, he's been trying to get me to go on the Shaolin thing. And he was like, oh, that's interesting. And I was like, yeah, right. He's like, yeah. He's like, you should do something like that. I was like, right. Yeah, of course. You know, everyone should do something like that. And he's like, no, really, you, you, you should do something like that. He's like, the business is in a good place. We're in a good position. If, um, and if you're going to do something like that, maybe now's the time. I was like, you're crazy. Like, this is nuts. Like, this is, so the conversation ends. I go on and I'm like, it starts, you know, now the bug is in the head, right? Now you're like, huh, what would I do? Well, how would that work? What, I mean, I just, I have, the, I have my house. I have this car, what I need to do. Well, so fast forward, guys. Um, I put all my stuff in storage. I sold the rest of what I owned. I announced to my very surprised friends that I was going to leave to China to study Kung Fu. That's None of crazy. which, yeah. they were like, "You were you into Kung Fu? Do you yeah. like, they're like, we've never known this about you. I was like, nope, nope. Just going to, just going to go live in a temple guys. And, um, and that's what I did. I, so I left um, in, uh, in January of 2014, I, I left with uh, a couple suitcases and showed up in China, visited my friend in Shanghai. And then after that, um, left on a tiny little plane to, uh, to, a, to a town. From that town, had to get a two hour uh, taxi to another town. And from that town, had to take a 30 minute bus ride to be greeted at the front walls of something similar, wow. only in concept to Disneyland. And what I mean by that <laughs> is that, um, is that, you know, Disneyland has these walls around and then yeah. inside it's like its own little world. Mm -hmm. That's what the Shaolin Temple's like. So it's not like you just walk up to the doors and you're like, oh, here's the Shaolin Temple. Yeah. You you walk in and there's the, there's this wall, this huge wall and kind of a big grand entrance type thing. And once you're in there, it's about another mile and a half, two miles. You actually get into the center uh, after walking past several trees and several other very interesting buildings until you get to what we see as the Shaolin Temple. Uh -huh. And so um, I arrived at night. So it was very like, I had no idea really where I was, what Seriously. was happening. Yeah, I arrived at night, got into um, this tiny little space and uh, you know, met some of my, my counterparts who I was training with. And, and that was it, because it was this already lights wild. out. It was lights <laughs> out. So I woke up the next morning to be told that we would be, set, we would be practicing Tai Chi at 5 a.m in the temple grounds. And so my first day was 
walking into the actual, not just the walls of the Shaolin Temple compound, but the actual walls of the actual Shaolin Temple and standing where um, hundreds if not thousands of years of monks have stood and trained Tai Chi there. Wow. That was my, fir that was my first day. <laughs> That's crazy. So what was like, what was a typical day like? Or like, what was, take me to that first day. I got to know the first day. I'm into <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, well, the first day was, um, gosh, you know, was was interesting. I think um, I might have arrived on a Friday. And so later what I found out was that Fridays were our, um, were the days that we ran up to a little past Bodhidharma Cave. So the Bodhidharma Cave is where, um, essentially Zen Buddhism is said to have been born. It was a cave where, um, where uh, Bodhidharma stu like studied or, yeah. or Zen out for nine years, right? No, no eating, no anything, just nine years in the cave. And so Zen Buddhism was said to be born there. Um, it was about 1200 steps or 12, yeah, something, I think more than that, um, up a very steep hill that we had to run up and down six times on a Friday. Yeah. And so that was our training. Our training on Fridays was just that. And we're foreigners, we're the only, um, you know, non-Chinese people there. And um, there's also, you know, active training monks. And so you're just, you're booking it up there trying to like run up these stairs. And I kid you not, there's like six-year-olds who are just kicking your butt. <laughs> like they're just running up there like, this is my 10th time today, yeah. lady. And yeah. so, um, so that was Friday. And really that was Friday. And then it was a holiday. So we took a nine hour hike um, up to another temple that was off in some cliff somewhere that was yeah, sure. in, within our compound, you know, <laughs> as one, as one does. Um, on holiday. So yeah, yeah on holiday, <laughs> on holiday. So that was, that was my first days, but a typical day um, was to wake up at, now I, I was the person who used to get up at 9am and that was like, you know, that was a big win for me at the time. Seven <laughs> was like, wow. Whoa. So, so, <laughs> so I came into um, now adapting as a person who was waking up at 4am and um, going into meditation at five. And then from, I think that was five to five 30. And then after that we would do Tai Chi. And so our Tai Chi was typically, I think an hour. So five 30, six 30. And then we had, I want to say maybe in a half an hour. I don't know. I have to think about because we would do, we change our schedule depending on the season, right? So yeah. um, then from there was breakfast. After breakfast, then you had about a half an hour, I think, to kind of just what you eat for breakfast? Get ready. Like, what was so breakfast. Um, what was our breakfast? Our breakfast was. Oh gosh, that's a good question. You know, okay, this is why I don't know. So for me, I was, so I was like the whole foods girl, right? So I was really mm -hmm. nervous about everything. I'll eat all kinds of food guys. Like, don't, yeah. I wasn't picky like that, but I was like, I gotta have organic. Gotta. And so for a <laughs> while I had like my care packages where I would make my special little like oatmeal mix mm -hmm. with different grains and yada, yada. Um, but once I ran out of that, it was really just hard boiled eggs and some bread. And I think that was really about it. like hard boiled eggs was the main thing i'm trying okay. to think like what else it was really that so the, so when the shallon temple when it was winter time right there's no heating so we actually had to be in another temple so that first temple i was at typical breakfast was hard boiled eggs this very very white spongy kind of bread kind yeah. of like a kind of like a, a dumpling but not exactly okay and like a, a powdered soy milk right it wasn't like breakfast mm. of champions okay no. um but that was about it that and some green 
green tea. So when we moved to the actual temple temple, um, things were actually much more, I would say, organic and and like in line with the belief and philosophy. But um, but yeah, the the eggs were um, they came from the chickens right around the corner. Yeah, so we yeah. had these, you know, so we had the hard boiled eggs, and then. Um, then we get into our grays and I actually wish I should have grabbed them out. But um, so we had to wear the shadow and gray. So those, those uniforms you guys see where it's like mm -hmm. tied around the waist and the yeah. pants and the whole deal. Um, that that's what we wore. And um, we di I didn't have to shave my head. A lot of people did. Um, but as foreigners, we weren't held to the same standards. Okay. And um, then we started with a run. And then after our run, depending on the day we went into training. So um Mondays we did usually a lot. I think we used to do a lot of kicks. And so I know one of our days we had to do a thousand kicks. Mm -hmm. So it was a thousand kicks. Tuesdays was acrobatics. So we had that was we were practicing like our flips and things like that. Wow. We had, yeah, we had days where we were doing um boxing, Chinese style boxing. Then we had our forms. And the forms are the things most people know about, like the sure. animal forms, sure. like dragon, this and that. And the truth is, is you don't get to start there. A lot of newbies will show up and be like, I want to learn dragon form. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're gonna. It's such learn an like, American thing, yeah, man. It is. Like, uh, I saw it in the movies. I'm like, come exactly. on. Exactly. I want to do monkey forms. Yeah. So not how it works. You're gonna do a lot of training. There's and Tai Chi is honestly. Um, I learned such a a passion for it and how it was. It was honestly my first week was one of the hardest things I did. It was one of the hardest. Really? I, I, I was so blown away. I was like, come on, you know, all week I've been doing all this crazy stuff and learning and I, I did some Wing Chun and then we also did typical Shaolin Kung Fu. And so I was learning the, the Wing Chun moves and I was like, yeah, yeah. you know, this is it's tough. It has this thing, but um, Tai Chi, I was like breaking a sweat. And I'm like, how is this possible? Like I'm moving so slow. Yeah. It, was, it was that concentration. It was yeah. like holding your body back. It just blew me away. And so um, doing that and then moving into um, form practice. Form practice was, I started with a form called Tongbei, which was just a several series of, um, of blocks, really, um, blocks and pulls. And then we would, we would do training together. We did a lot of drills. And it was just, it was just varied throughout the week. And in between that running around, if we were lucky, one of my highlights was getting to go um, train in the pagoda forest. So if you've ever Ooh. seen that, the, uh, where the, yeah, yes. the, the monks of the past have been buried. Um, that was pretty wow. special. And um, yeah, that, that was, you know, it was it just usual day, but that would, that would be a, the morning session. You'd come in, you'd have lunch and then you'd have a little break and a rest. And then you go for your evening session and then you would go for dinner and then you'd have a, you'd have, um, you could take a Mandarin. You could start to learn calligraphy. There were different classes you could take. And then it was lights out by 930 wow. if you lasted that long. Cause it yeah, was so you're tired. probably so tired. <laughs> about seven hours of physical training every day. Yeah. What was the dinner action like? Was it the same thing? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Actually, we were very fortunate. So at the actual temple, no, food was great. We had um, this wonderful lady. I don't remember her name. I don't know if I ever actually knew her name, um, but she's just a smiley, like little old lady, her and her husband yeah. in, in a kitchen that was probably the size of... Um, I would say a European closet, not an American mm -hmm. closet, yeah. but a, a European closet. Um, she was cooking dinner in that. And it would, we would have usually like sometimes even four to five dishes. And so there would be meatless dishes. There would be like chicken based dishes. There would yeah. be usually chicken and pork. There wasn't a lot of beef or anything like that. Lots of yeah. green beans, lots of vegetables. Um, you know, there would be like the kind of like glass noodles, but also this weird like 
Thai noodle looking thing. Yeah. And, um, and just really, that was really lots of meats and vegetables. Of course you'd have rice. Occasionally we'd have some forbidden rice. If we were lucky, that's like the big purple rice. Yeah. Um, we would also have these Chinese pancakes, which were made with like rice flour and green onions. And I forgot, we used to have those for breakfast for a while. Those were really fun. Nice. And, um, sometimes some soups, but it was, I, you know, some people would not maybe have the same fond memories, but I thought it was great. It was yeah, fresh. Sounds it was good, amazing. <laughs> I loved it. Um, lots, lots of celery, which was a complaint for some people like too much mm. celery and everything. But to me, it was like fresh vegetables, fresh yeah. meat. Um, you know, it was, it was great. And we were also surrounded when the season came by apricot trees, which was really fun. Ooh. So we'd go and pick fresh apricots, um, during the season. Sounds pretty by, good. Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, did you ever think to yourself, like, what have I gotten myself into when you're doing all the physical activities? Yes. So day one. And so, and I, I didn't tell the story fully chronologically, but like, so there was two day ones for me. The first day one was arriving in a town called Yantai and Yantai was where my flight came in. They picked me up and they took me to a temple called Kunyu. And Kunyu was the temple that I was at before I could go to the Shaolin temple because it was too cold there. So there's no students mm -hmm. able to be there to survive there. Um, so we were all at Kunyu and Kunyu is where I focused on Wing Chun. And to me, that was very much a Kung Fu school. It didn't yeah. have that temple vibe. So I walked into this building and I also arrived at night. And so everyone was already in their equivalent of like dorm rooms. Yeah. And I just walk into this dark place in the middle of nowhere into this weird square building. And I'm like, what the hell did I get myself into? <laughs> yeah. What is this? What this am I is doing? Yeah. This didn't look like the brochure. Okay? No, <laughs> like, <laughs> it looks great in the brochure. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be amazing. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And it didn't have that whole like temple vibe. So I was just yeah. in this like kind of dorm like building at first. <laughs> and I didn't know what else was around me. And so I was like, this is, this is not what I was expecting. And I was in this room by myself. I was very happy about. Um, yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have my own room. And this was kind of a funny story. So I was 34 at the time. Anyone who's curious, I was 34 at the time. And I, I was told like a day or two later that I had a roommate coming. And if you guys don't know, my name's Tanya. And so they were like, well, she, her name's Tanya and she's 34. And I was like, well, no, that's, that's me. I'm that's here. You. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, someone's coming. They said she's coming. And I was like, Okay, like you guys clearly have All your information right. backwards. Great. That means I'm gonna have my room to myself. Well, then I come later and there's a backpack there. And she's like, Are you are you Tanya? And I was like, Yeah. And she's like, I well, usually I'm Tanya. So are you 34? Like, yeah. So we have two Tanyas who are both wow. 34 sharing a room together. She's from Costa Rica. I'm from America. We both speak Spanish. Um, it was just, it was really funny. So, um, so we had a shot, we put a sign up for the Satania's room. Yeah, <laughs> with, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it was Tanya's room. And um, that was the first time I was just, I, I wasn't sure of how I liked it, what I felt about it. Um, I didn't have this enthusiasm for Kung Fu. So at the time I just came in, I was like, I don't, I just really, in my head was like, We'll see how long it lasts here. And I don't know. Like I'm getting out of here. You know, I didn't have this monk feel or any of that. Mm -hmm. And then the time came to go to to the Shaolin, the official Shaolin temple. And I and what was weird is at that point I was like, well, I kind of got used to this place. So now mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, the devil you know versus the devil you, you don't right. know. That's right. So I'm like, okay. And so I I get and take them. Um, 
I actually took a side trip on my own to Beijing and did the whole Great Wall thing because I was like, I might, I might be out of here, guys. Yeah. I, do <laughs> I might not make it. Yeah. I don't know if this is gonna work. Yeah. So I, I flew to Beijing. I saw the the temple. I saw the wall, and then I flew into Zhengzhou. And Zhengzhou, as I mentioned, is two hours from a smaller town called Dengfeng. Mm -hmm. And Dengfeng, once you get there, um, is a thirty minute ride into the, the front of the Shaolin Temple. Yeah. So that was my second first day was mm -hmm. when I came in also at night and that's when I woke up in the morning doing Tai Chi in the Shaolin Temple and I was like oh I made a good choice, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A good choice. Yeah. and that was a whole different vibe I mean that was you were surrounded by monks you you did have that um the Shifu was just impeccable in how he taught and you know even though they let women train there wasn't that same attention at the first school and so it was kind of like you're here because you can be but we don't really care yeah, that like, you're yeah. here yeah you're yeah. like you know so they're going to pay attention to the guys <laughs> and what was going to be sure. fun for them and so um shifu yanjun who's my shifu uh he's a 34th generation warrior monk wow. and he yeah he um he entered the temple when he was 10 i believe and uh he just he treated everyone with full respect. He he spoke with me the same way that he spoke with any of the other students and uh, just really paid attention. He just felt like he, he cared about where you yeah. were going and what you're doing. And so um, I'm, I'm very happy to say actually that I'm still in touch with um, Shifu and the temple. Um, they eventually actually became my client to help grow their foreigner program. <laughs> Funny and that. I am now the, uh, the head business administrator uh, for the Shaolin Temple um, to not only help with their business direction, but also with the graduates who are going on to teach and train others. So that's wow. a fun, a fun fact, full circle. That's incredible. Um, yeah, I do. I talk to them on a regular basis. So, um, but he was just, he's just an incredible person. And if you ever check my, he has an Instagram guys. So Shifu, so I, <laughs> Shifu <laughs> I know, so strange. I, <laughs> but he's on there. He was like, I think they even featured one of his videos on like Joe, Ro the Joe Rogan show. Yeah. Cause he did the like quick power fist thing, oh, which okay, is the, yeah. the one inch punch yeah. type thing. Um, but yeah, it was it was incredible. It was an incredible experience. It was an incredible push. I did um, for those of you following along. I did eventually fall in love with kung fu. Um, you know, awesome. I thought I was there really for this kind of oh, I'm just going to meditate and do all that. And I think I it finally hit me <laughs> the the course that kung fu plays in that. You know, right. this, this yeah. concentration that the only person you can become better than is yourself, mm. and you're constantly competing against to do better what you did two minutes ago or what you did yesterday. And, and there's just the repetition. You could, you know, you would think, oh my God, it's gonna get so boring. I'm doing the same move. But yeah. you just start, you just start to notice every tiny little nuance of that one fist forward, that one hand forward, until you're seeing all the tiny little micro improvements yeah. and you see that growth. And then you just start to apply that to all the other places in life. You start mm. to go like how to how to look at it. and it just becomes that meditative thing and, and i feel like to a certain degree we've all heard that you know we've all heard oh kung fu is not what you think but it's not till you're really doing it and you experience it um that that i think you can you can fully get it you know um and so i wasn't there as an enthusiast i wasn't there for kung fu and it, it absolutely changed my life and not only did it change my life guys but my um <laughs> i met my now husband there so That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> my husband was also training there at the same time. Wow. And um, yeah, and he's from Czech Republic, which is now why I live in Czech Republic. Yeah, I mean, what a deal. Like you got a lot out of it, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. I really Man. did. It was a, an amazing experience, yeah. Wow, did you get in really good uh, physical condition? During the, did you feel like, man, yes. my fitness improved a lot? Absolutely. Um, you know, I was never great at running. And so really mm -hmm. being pushed for that was something that that was you know, partially at the same time. I was like, oh, man, what did I get myself into? Yeah. Um, but seeing myself improve there. What was interesting, too, is that I'm, I'm very, very flexible. And so um, a lot of people are already like, wow, like she can do the split. She can do this. And so a lot of these kind yeah. of fancy moves, high kicks, I could do no problem. And that didn't matter to Shifu because he could see through that. He was like, yeah, you can throw your leg up in the air, but where's the power? Yeah. And so starting to actually be able to see the difference and bring power into my kicks was a huge improvement that I, I never thought of. And then even pushing my stretching further. So if um, so maybe I don't know if you share photos or anything, but I could share a photo where um, yeah. I used to I used to have my I could put my foot on the back of my head. No problem. Wow. And that that was fine. But Shifu was like, OK, so like, eh. now get to now get to the top of your head. So I was like, <laughs> OK, so I started training to get to the top of my head. So I'm like, Shifu, look. And he's like, OK, now get to your forehead. So now I'm putting it to my forehead. And I'm like, surely I've I've arrived. Right. There's no yes. much further. He's like now to your nose. So I got um, my back and foot all the way to my nose. I'm like, okay, can we really go any further? He's like, now, now to your mouth. So the furthest I got, I literally put my foot in my mouth, guys, um, from the back of my head. Um, so there's a picture there of, of me training with uh, one of my counterparts with my foot. You got to see that picture. Definitely got to see that picture. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So that really pushed even my stretching, um, the power, the power that I had within my flexibility, not just being flexible and limber, but really bringing the power into yeah. it. Um, the mindset as well. I remember going up on Fridays, as I mentioned before, we had to run six times up and down the mountain and just, just getting to that point where I'm like, I, I, there's, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't feel like doing this. And so two things would happen. One would, would be, okay, I'm just going to go up once today. I'm just going to go up once today and I'm going to be done. And so I, I'd be going up, up the stairs. It's ongoing. It's a very long, long, and there's lots of gaps in between those stairs. So I talk about the stairs, but it's really, it's like a trail and you're running it. And so I'm going through this gap and then on the way up, I'm like, I'm so, I'm so glad that I'm, this is my last one. It's my only one. <laughs> and then he starts to run down the stairs. And then you're like, that wasn't so bad. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do, I'll do one more. Yep. So you do one more. Next thing you know, you've done the whole six, you know, you're like, it's just it's such this mindset. Of course. And the other thing, the other thing that happened was, you know, I'm in these Shaolin grays. I'm in this Shaolin uniform and I'm running up these stairs and there are, there's so much history around me, literally at every corner and every person running past me and these children who are training and clearly in better shape than I am and all of these people. And I would get to this point where I, it was like, I represent Shaolin. This yeah. is Shaolin. I have to keep going. I'm Shaolin. And like that was one of the terms that we had um, that we used to yell out was Chayo. And Chayo is um, it is power. It also they also use it meaning to get gas when they're getting their car. It's oh, okay. Chayo. Um, <laughs> but it's but the original is more power. Okay. And so that was what you would yell out with like your counterparts, like Chayo. And so you just be in that, you're like, Chai, like it's Chayo. I got to have more power. And yeah. like, I'm, I'm Shaolin. So there are times I remember just holding that in my mind. Like I, I'm representing Shaolin. I need, I am the warrior monk. I need to push. I can push because that's who I am right now. And yeah. so, um, 
So that was a, a real powerful thing as well in that training and, and physical fitness. It sounded like you were tested, you know, like that's an important concept. Like a lot of people, they're not tested on a regular basis. You know, yes. like you kind of just go through life and, you know, things happen, bad things happen, good things happen, but, you know, to like really be tested like mentally and physically on a regular yeah. basis, I think more people that needs to happen. Like I was a collegiate track and field athlete. So like running up 200, 300 meter Hills did it all the time Yeah, and being in pain regularly. I mean, it like hardens you like yeah. your physical training. You're like, I don't want to do this. I really don't want to keep going. I, when you were telling that story about the hill, I was like, oh my gosh, I have like an exact similar story <laughs> of that. Like you just get up to the top, you see the really long hill going down and like, I got 10 more of these. Right. <laughs> you know, like, right. And you like, just no keep way. going. You just keep going. You just keep moving. Yeah. And I wanted to ask those, like, was somebody like, uh, like coaching you or pushing you during that time? Or is it just kind of like you're expected to do it or you could just stop whenever you want? Was there any supervision for that? Yeah, I mean, we had our main Shifu who was there yeah. and that was really it. There was a couple of, sometimes there would be additional Shifus that would help us during like our breakouts, but yeah. it was it was really um, our own team and counterpart of people okay. who were, we were training with, who were just like, come on, like you got this, yeah. keep going, you gotta do it. Um, even just seeing them flourish, you just kind of yeah. wanna like keep up with that. And we just become such this tiny like unit um, that are growing together. And then, you know, as new students would come, we'd kind of become the old students. And yeah, so there was this yeah. like camaraderie amongst the old students to be there. Like we got it, we got to show them what we can do mm -hmm. and, and make it happen. But it was interesting because um, a lot of it was really, it was, it came from within. It was like, I want to do better. I want to do right. more. It wasn't like just showing up, you know, you wanted to train, you were training seven hours a day and then you would want to train on your off time to get better. Yeah. You know, like you wanted oh. to, you're like, I oh got, I got to land this stick move. I got to yeah. land this kick. I got to land this thing. And and we, no one actually did. It wasn't like there was <laughs> anything. We didn't have a competition coming yeah, up. Yeah, right. It was just this self thing of like, I know I can get this. I know I yeah. can do this. And, and then there was also the thing that, you know, you didn't get to move into your next form until you got that one down. Yeah. So sometimes you're like, there might've been a thing where you're like, I'm just tired of this form. I want to yeah. do the next cool one. And so I remember um, for me getting to a point where I was doing, even in Tai Chi, we had the same thing. So you'd move from your, your um, 24 step into eventually you can move into tai chi spear so i learned tai chi spear and then eventually mm -hmm. i was learning to tai chi uh sword and then learning this tai chi kind of power burst um type that was there which was very difficult and then um moving away from my basic forms and then moving into which very few people got to do which was into animal forms and that mm. was that's like one of the big that's the one everyone wants to do yeah and so i remember <laughs> getting to the point where i was like oh my god like i'm i my last form that I practiced there was dragon form, which is one of the, was a pretty difficult form. And, um, and just, just like, it was this weird sense of accomplishment of your own self of like, oh my gosh, I'm doing dragon form now. Like yeah, yeah. literally a year before that meant nothing to me. And here I was like, I'm doing dragon form. Like, yeah. I'm you're so like, excited. I'm not into Kung Fu. I'm not, you know, I'm <laughs> not like, into Kung Fu. Yeah. not here for this. I'm trying to retreat <laughs> <Right>. from me. <laughs> I'm trying to find myself and I'm yeah, like dragon right. form. You thought so, you were doing like eat, pray, love or something. You're like, right, oh exactly. yeah, I'm Julia Roberts, man. You know, <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the thing, right? Like you were saying, we don't push ourselves. And there were so many elements yeah. of that that was 
was out of place, you know, going into China alone, which wasn't a place I was that thrilled to go into. Um, not only going to China, but I wasn't in Shanghai. I wasn't in towns where people yeah. speak English. Um, I was in very rural spaces. I was in, uh, you know, very strange, you know, quarters and, and whatnot. And just, and traveling on my own, all of those things that people are already so worried about. Um, right. But these are the absolute life-changing experiences that make you who you are, that can change the very trajectory of your of your life, of your business, of anything. Um, and I see it, like it could be so scary to, to give everything up. And I remember when I was leaving, uh, we're getting ready to leave, I had to call and cancel all my utilities and stuff. And if yeah. anyone, especially in the US, if you've ever canceled your cable, um, you know, the first thing they usually ask is, well, where are you moving to? Right. Because yeah. they might service that area. Exactly right. So they're, they're, or their sister company does or something. So um, they're, she's like, well, where are you moving to? I was like, I am moving to China. She was like, oh, okay. Well, I'll see you yeah. later. <laughs> we don't service there, right? And so she's like, well, may, may I ask, if you don't mind, may I ask like, what brings you there? Is it work? Yeah. And that's usually what most people assume. Like, oh, she's going, you know, international must be for work. And I said, I am leaving to study Kung Fu at the Shaolin Temple for a year. And she was just like, wow okay and of course i and here it is you guys just remember this is my cable lady right so yeah, she's yeah. like she so she started asking me she's like why are you like a kung fu is that what you're into yeah. i was like no no not at all i'm just no. going to do it and and i kind of told a little bit about my story i was like look you know life is too short i've learned that early on and the opportunity came and it seems crazy and insane and i'm just saying yes and she goes, well, oh my gosh, like that's so inspiring. Like I, I, I yep. wish I could do something like that. I want to do something like that. She's like, it makes me think I, there's just, you know, I wanted to start a business and I, you know, I keep putting off, I keep putting off. And she's, I just, I just don't know when the right time is. And I was like, you know, <laughs> it's not the, it's not the <laughs> yeah. right time yeah. for me right, to, to go to, to go to China. I said, it's just doing yeah. it. And so I told her, I go, let me ask you this, you know, if you come in tomorrow, and whoever's in charge of this cable company, they royally screwed up, right? You, there's nothing you could have done about it. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. They royally screwed up. They show up and they're like, sorry, you, you're a great employee, but everyone's laid off. Doors are closed and you're out. Are you going to walk out the door, go sit in the gutter and be like, well, I guess that's it. There's nothing else to do in life now. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> or I said, what are you going to, she's like, well, I, I'd have to figure it out. I was like, exactly. That's exactly said, right. So do you want to figure it out when somebody puts it on your plate or do you want to do it on your terms? Hmm. That's true. Right? Uh, right. You never think about it that way because you're always doing it at, like reactionary. Like, yeah. oh, something happened. Now I got to figure it out versus like, let me control this on some level. Like, let me make the decision. Yes. Yes. Let time. me. And let me know everything's going to be okay and set it all out yeah, and put it yeah. into motion because yeah. you're, you think you in whatever you're doing that there's some level of security. Yeah. Let's, you know, guys, pandemic, hello. Like it didn't matter what level of security that we had. Things can change at a moment's notice. Yeah. And so how, how much more power and joy can we have when we take the leap on our own? When yeah. we, and I'm not saying be reckless and all those things, but imagine if you were like, I'm just going to take the leap. You, you might have had a month or two to maybe put some things in place as opposed yeah. to when you just got that pink slip and you were out exactly. the door. 
So, exactly. and, and so she, she, so I might've convinced to this day, I'm what not happened? sure. Did, but, was she like, <laughs> think about it? Did she really yeah, think oh, about she it? Was, yeah. She was like, oh my God, I'm going to go talk to my husband tonight. Oh. Like she was really inspired. And yeah. to this day, I wonder what happened to, uh, to Cable Lady. Um, where you she might've changed her life, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I had a 40 minute call. I remember that. That's remember, crazy. Like, <laughs> and I remember telling, cause I think I was at the office and I'm like, oh, I'll just be a couple of minutes. I just got to uh, cancel yeah. a cable. And I was like, they're coming in. I was like, I'm still on the phone. I'm still on the <laughs> this lady. Phone. I'm trying to change her <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. I just gotta. So, uh, so yeah, you know, 40 minute call my cable lady to, to hopefully inspire her, but that, you know, that's what it comes down to. Like, I, and I think when I, I've told this story, obviously many times in different podcasts and different pr purposes for that, but a lot of people will hear the story and they go, Oh, well, you know, she had this, or she was independently wealthy. Mm -hmm. She got to do it. And that wasn't the case guys. Like I, I came from, you know, poverty. I pulled myself up. I got into some good jobs and things, but there was still, I still worked in a startup kind of situation. There mm -hmm. wasn't the security. There wasn't all of those things. And I gave a lot of that up and didn't really know what was going to happen when I came back and, and I still did it. And as a matter of fact, um, when I did come back, uh, which was relatively short lived because then I started getting kept traveling. But when I did eventually come back, um, my my partner, my business, my business partner and mentor, um, who was like family to me, I trusted with everything, um, ended up taking all the money from our company and disappeared into Southeast Asia. Oh my goodness. And I found myself eight months pregnant and mm. out of money. And a lot of wow. people, weird enough, don't want to hire someone who's eight months pregnant. <laughs> and so, um, so, you know, you think like, oh my gosh, I should have stayed or I should have done this. Like what? Yeah. And you know what happened? I figured it out. You figured it I out. I figured it out. I figured it you out. And was it, it fun? Out. No, but it was, but now, you know what happened from that? I was, so, I was so inspired through like, I figured it out. I had to get money. I had to, I had to do something. And after going through another miserable experience with a, with a company I did not like working with and all this stuff, um, I had my son and that alone was like, it's, this isn't, we're not doing this anymore. So that's when we up and left to Europe. And then we ended up living in Thailand and I ended up living in Vietnam for a while. Crazy. And through there, I found, I found clients through there. And now I've had a global network of clients because I chose to say, yes, I chose to say, this is the life I want. And I'm going to figure out how to put everything else into that. Instead of this is the life yeah. I have, let me figure out how to create the life I want with that. Yeah. That's so right. I mean, yeah. I read this stuff resonates with me so much. I mean, like I've, moved, I've traveled and moved a lot in my life. And uh, I think when you do it a lot, you do, you just, you kind of expect that it's, it's going to work out. You're like, well, yeah, I've done this before. I've left and moved away and done all these things. The real, the real heartbreak is when it just gets thrown to you and yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. now you have to leave. Sorry. You know? Yeah. And then it's just like, it's just a hurricane at that point. Yeah. And, and that's what I tell people like, you know, if we, if we can make these choices, if we can pull through, if we can find the depths of our strength in trauma and, and like the, the, the despair, how much more strength and resilience do we have in our moments of happiness and joy to make these yeah. decisions? Like if, if we're in our worst case scenario and we can pull it out, imagine what we can do when we're like feeling pretty darn good about life. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, we don't have to wait for that to push us. We can actually choose. We can. And the, the problem I yes. see is that we're, 
not often enough, like you were talking about, not often enough are we pushed, are we pushed to like see our best? Yeah. And also not often are we pushed to, to step and go, what do I actually want my life to look like? We're asked what we want to be when I we grow up. Yeah. We're not asked who we want to be when we grow up. We're not asked what, what life looks like. And then to actually answer that. You know, the answer isn't good. Guys, good doesn't mean anything. <laughs> what does good look like? Yeah, what does you that know? look like? And then start to build. And then once you have this like on a clear picture, you can start to pull the pieces. Our brain, you know, I, I have a, a degree in applied neuroscience. And so our, our brain will find what we tell it to look for. And so if we, if we just don't have the vision, if we don't have anything there, then it's only going to continue to confirm what we already have. But if you say, I want a life where I can travel, or I want a yeah. life where I can make this amount, or I want to spend more time with my family. And it's a clear vision. What more means 20 minutes more, two hours more. Yeah. Your brain will start to look for those ways for you to go. Did you notice that? That could be a way that you could travel, or that could be a way where you could spend yeah. more time. But without that vision, you'll your what your life is right now is already what you're committed to yeah that's, that's true there. it's you know it's funny it's like reframing the question it's almost you can say like well what do you want to be when you grow up or like what kind of person do you want to be when mm -hmm. you grow up like how do you want to affect the world and i think those are deeper questions about the self that we don't we don't talk to kids about we don't talk to mm -hmm. teenagers about and young adults like how do you want to be perceived in the world and yeah. how do you want to move on a regular basis? How do people, how do you want people to understand you in your mm -hmm. life? And it's just, we don't do that stuff. Or like you said, how do you want to live? What do you want to do? You want to travel a lot? Okay, let's, you got to have a framework for that. What type of job do you want to do? How do you want to accomplish yeah. that? How much travel? Because then, yeah. then you start to go, okay, well, then what kind of job allows me this? Is it I want to travel a month at a time and come back to yeah. home base? Or do you want a digital nomad? What does that look like? What does that mean? But you, but, whether it's viable or not is not really the question. It's about the, mm. the clarity of what it is because yeah. the rest will come together. The rest will you'll yes. be able to figure out. And I love that you said about the, the who do you want to be because it's something mm. we do these monthly planning sessions every every month, right? That's why yeah. the monthly planning sessions. And the idea there is like we do this grandiose thing in January of like new year, new me and all this nonsense. Yeah, we start these, these um, new year's resolutions which tend to last at max 60 days. If you're really on top of it, I think that the numbers are something like 92% of resolutions are done within the first 60 days and only 7% actually, or 8% make it to the yeah. end of the year. And, um, and so every month instead, we look at what our new goals are for the next 30 days and start looking at these micro goals and these micro visions instead of this big vision, because it's yeah. easy to pivot and change in these small moments than it is when you're looking at like this three-year goal. And a great, it's great to have those, but sure. come back to like, what happened in the last 30 days that I can change or adjust? And one of the questions that we go through every month is who do you want to be next month? Yeah. Who do you want to be in the next 30 days? How do you yeah. want to show up in the world in the next 30 days? Because when you say in the world, it sounds like grandiose and it's some it big personality <laughs> you're trying to attain to. But if you're like, yeah. you know what? For the next 30 days, I want to be the kind of person who doesn't scream in traffic, right? Like I'm from California, right? So that's mm, like, that's a common yeah, thing. I want to yeah. be the person that's screaming. I want to be, um, you know, calmer. I want to be this. And how does that, and so one of the things we ask, well, how does that person behave? Well, they would do this. What actions do they take? Well, that person might get up early or maybe that person sleeps better. Maybe the person does. So then our micro goal becomes that person. And how do we step into that person for the next 30 days? That's it. Next 30 days. 
and, and step into who we really want to become and who we want to be and ask that on a regular basis because that's what matters. It is that, what matters. That's what comes up. It's, you know, like the Maya Angelou quote, you know, people remember how you made them feel, not what you do. And yeah. in the end, your life is a matter of, of how you feel and how you show up in yeah. the world. Not of all the, all, not all your to-do lists, not yeah. all the stuff you checked off. So it comes back to the to-do list. That's full it comes, circle. Yeah. It's full yeah. circle. <laughs> right? You were doing the to-do list. You were checking things it. off, mm -hmm. but it wasn't, that's not what mattered the most. No, that's not. And that's what a lot, and how we got on the subject is like, it was that that afforded me, quote unquote, mm -hmm. to to take these trips, to take these chances, to say yes to these things. So don't wait for that death in your family. Don't wait right. for that tragedy right. to be the thing, because that's what it took to shake me up. And thankfully, it, it shook me up at 25, you yeah. know, but not everyone has that choice, you know, or, yeah. or, you know, option. And do we want to wait for that option? Like, hopefully some tragedy will hit me at 50 to wake me up. Like, no. Right. Yeah. Do it now because we do only have one chance. Tomorrow isn't promised. And, you know, a great life is really just a series of well-lived days. And so yeah. today is the day that you make those choices. Today is a day that you spend the time that you wish you had a family, that you go and play the piano because that's what you've been wanting to do. Today yep. is the day that you do that stuff now. And yeah. that, that's what I'm passionate about. That's I mean, clearly. <laughs> I mean, clearly. <laughs> Tanya, what a... That was full circle. I mean, that's a great way to end it, I think. I mean, your passion, yeah. your desire, your excitement, I think it shines through. And a lot of great lessons. A lot of great lessons. I think we often think of, we see a movie and something tragic happens in the movie and this person turns their life around. They become this... And it's the message also, should, you don't have to wait for that tragedy to occur yeah. for you to do something. You know, and I think that's we're so reactive in our life, but yeah. we can be proactive and make that change. And sometimes you just got to do it. Just got to get yeah. up. You know, you're laying on the couch, just get up, just, just yeah. get up and start moving. Who knows what's going to happen? Just start, just start doing yes. it. Yes. You know? Yes. Imperfect action. Just do it. And you, yeah. know, you get to design, you get to design your life. doesn't matter anything you've come from anywhere you're at, anywhere you're starting from, you get to design it. You yep. get to choose and, and we all have that power. So, you know, we don't have, we don't have control. And that's the one thing I'll, I can leave this with too, is that a lot of us will look at our circumstances and go, well, my boss this or this, that, or I, the kids or the that, and, and I can't control this. Yeah. You're right. You don't have control, but we have power. We have power to make the decisions within that. We have power yeah. to take a moment to look at our vision. We have power to say, this is what I'm going to do, regardless of what else is going on around you. Yes. And so remember that it, when you feel out of control, you're right. Maybe it's not, I can't control the pandemic, but I have power within it of how yeah. I'm going to show up, of how I'm going to be and what I'm going to choose to live within that. So remember you have power. You have power. Well said, well said. <laughs> Tanya, thank you so much. I really appreciate awesome the time and uh this yeah. is powerful so yeah well thanks for having <laughs> me it's been so much fun to relive my kung fu days i know it's amazing stuff wow stuff. incredible thank you so yeah. much for your time we'll be in touch absolutely thank you for listening to this episode of dr d's social network make sure you listen to future episodes also please make sure to rate and review my dad's show on apple podcast in the rate and review section thanks everyone if you plan to study medicine apply for the u.s army's health profession scholarship program and launch yourself into a medical career like no other it offers full tuition and the support of one of the largest most advanced healthcare networks in the world. 
a career of innovative medicine without a lifetime of debt. That's the Army difference. Learn more at GoArmy.com slash tuition paid. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, there is a nice piece of stock music playing behind me that a talented composer worked really hard on. So let's enjoy it. Wow, almost overshadows the saving big when you switch to progressive part. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.